WORQ, Green Bay, Fox Cities. Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hey, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a brother back with us, Chad Davidson, Good Fight Ministries. We'll get to him in a few minutes. Can't wait to talk about some of these issues that they cover over at Good Fight Radio and 511 News. And I want to mention locally here, um, a friend from our church, Jenny Palzowitz, is running for Alder person in District 4 in De Pere, Wisconsin. If you are local, if you're in De Pere, I know small city, uh, small town, um, we uh, just encourage you to, to check out uh, Jenny and, and in, encourage you to support a Christian woman um, that's running. And she's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a t- it's a tough battle always, but we have to go back to the local level because the federal is practically out of control. And it's been hijacked, but we do have impact as Christians, as the body of Christ, locally, school boards, uh, city council, and sheriff, and all these different positions, friends. Um, we can have an impact. You can have an impact. So make sure uh, you're researching the candidates. Um, we need to pray before we go on. And we, we often do, just for wisdom and, and that God would would inform the body who are listening right now, the remnant, who are already up to speed on so many things, but we still need wisdom on how to uh, face what's going on outside of church walls and out in our culture, out in our communities. But today, I'm just looking at the the headlines uh, from over the weekend, the violent tornadoes that tore through Mississippi. This was late last week, uh, killing at least 26 people. This may not be up to date. Um, and even a local meteorologist prayed on TV as the tornado approached. You can look up that story, Gateway Pundit and others. But let's open. Father in heaven, first of all, we thank you for this day that you've made and for your mercies that are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you are not unaware of things that are happening, trials and, and even uh, disasters, natural disasters, weather-related uh, disasters. And we lift up these people in Mississippi and other areas that were affected by these recent violent tornadoes, Lord. Uh, first of all, somehow, Lord, only you can, but get glory. Bring your, yourself glory from this. Bring people to salvation through these things, and especially the family members, Lord, that are left behind without loved ones, possibly, and without a home um, or with much damage. We lift them up to you, God. We pray that you would be the God of all comfort. We pray that you would bring them closer to you, uh, save those who are not, and just work in the community through the churches there, through the body of Christ. And God, we pray that you would have your way and turn more people to you, that's, that more would come to know Jesus and your faithfulness. And uh, th- a reminder for us, Lord, as well, that we would keep an eternal perspective. And um, we're just thankful for every day of life, salvation, uh, health, strength, and perspective, eternal perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, Chad Davidson, Good Fight Ministries, 511 News. He's an elder and youth pastor at Blessed Hope Chapel, Simi Valley, California, serving under Pastor Joe Schimmel. Chad's faith in the Lord came as a result of viewing 
Pastor Joe's DVD entitled, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And that also is how my wife came to the Lord. Uh, Chad takes care of social media at Good Fight Ministries, and he also hosts the Good Fight Radio Show, and it's on YouTube. And Chad and his wife, Holly, have four children, and they live in Southern California. Brother, thank you so much for your time this morning and getting up early with us. Hey, Dave, thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, you guys do a lot of you know, shows, programs. Uh, uh, you do a lot of traveling. Just give us a brief update on what you and Joe or the team, missions, conferences, what you've been doing in recent uh, months. Yeah, it, it's uh, really exciting. We've been able to uh, help start quite a few churches. In fact, funny enough, this last weekend I was just up with the young adult group at our church and we were doing a kind of a, a retreat up this last weekend up in Lake Arrowhead because we have sent out the former, the one who was running the young adult group here at Blessed Oak Chapel in Simi Valley. Uh, we sent him up because we actually planted a church in Treasure Valley, Idaho. Hmm. Um, a lot of people are trying to get out of California, so we lost <laughs> about, I think, somewhere between like 16 or 18 families wow. that moved up in the, the same area. So. We're like, well, I guess we can get them a shepherd up there. So one of our elders, <laughs> Nick Canary, became a pastor. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty cool. And we started a we started a couple of different churches, one in Costa Rica, uh, one in Mexico that's been absolutely flourishing. Not only did we send a pastor down there, but uh, one of the young guys that I was discipling, we sent down as a missionary. Oh, man, it's been almost three years now. So they've been just flourishing as a fellowship. So we, we've been doing a little bit of church planning and a lot of traveling, but... We do have conferences we do. We just um, we just laid down the foundation, and we're going to be building a barn church in Texas, in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. Uh, it's called Bull Verde. It's right on the outskirts. So we've been doing a lot of planting and a, and a lot of moving, but we try to uh, get a lot of the, the stuff for Good Fight done here and hopefully feed as many people as we can. And we're excited because in August, uh, we'll actually be in New York. So we're going to the East Coast. Again, we were just out there for a men's. Uh, a men's conference that Pastor Joe, myself, and the pastor from Blessed Open Sonata um, actually all went uh, to Massachusetts wow. uh, in the nice uh, negative uh, 14 degrees uh, <laughs> that it was. You know, as California boys don't do too good in the uh, cold weather, but we had a great time. <laughs> well, uh, people around here are not feeling too sorry for you because uh, we got blasted with a storm on Saturday. Um and basically, we have very wild, mild winters here generally in the Green Bay area. It's, it's odd, I know, not like the 60s and 70s. And so we don't typically get a lot of snow in December, January, but boy, did we get it uh, Saturday. We got some places got 14, 15 inches, and wow. So, um, Chad, uh, we're just so blessed to hear of all the things you're doing. Church planting is an interesting concept and idea. And I think we've gotten away from that. We weren't planning on talking about this, but you brought it up. Um, because a, a lot of people think of, even that seminaries are teaching on church growth, how to build a big church, how to draw people to you. And then what, what happens? You, then you need a bigger building. Then you need all these programs. And then you need things to keep people in this big mega church. I, just, just share your heart on the importance of getting out and maybe planting churches, maybe home Bible studies and things like that, as opposed to trying to just build bigger churches. Oh, wow. If you couldn't have just hit my heartbeat right there. Mm. I mean, that, that's that's the reality, uh, because what's taking place in and most of these, I'll give you just a kind of a, an organic understanding of how these things develop, was we were sharing the gospel and building houses down in Mexico, and we found that 
most of them were going to, I mean, some of them out and outright heretical, I mean, oneness of apostolic churches mm. that don't even believe in the Trinity. And we're like, man, we're, we're preaching the gospel, and we have nowhere to send them. Wow. And that's what happened down in Mexico, and we're like, man, well, let's share the gospel down there, and, you know, if the Lord puts it on our heart, and one of our elders here wanted to be a pastor down there. His wife um, is Hispanic, Amazing. and she was his interpreter. And so we were like, man, we, we got to build something here because people are getting saved and, you know, we don't want to send them to the goats. We don't want to send the sheep to be shepherded by goats. Mm. And so that's how that happened in Mexico. And we've dealt with, obviously, when you have, you have purpose-driven churches in Costa Rica, when we uh, went down there to show the gospel, a very similar mm. thing happened where Bethel was really getting a lot of their fangs in. And a lot of people um, that, that know Costa Rica, they know it as a vacation spot. And that's obviously not where we were uh, sharing the gospel typically, but what happens is they build these big churches as an investment because the rich Americans that buy their houses down there will eventually retire and love Costa Rica because of the weather, and so they'll go there, and next thing you know, not only are the big rich churches getting the big rich white people to come to their church, but also the poor are mm. coming there as well, and it really was just devastating to watch and to see the effects of false movements like Bethel in Redding, California, and how they have their fingers there, and Hillsong yeah. wow. uh, from from Australia, and really a lot of it was just heartbreaking. And then mm. when it came to exactly you said the home the home Bible studies, that's what these groups started out as in Texas and in Kentucky and in Arizona and some of these places where they were doing Bible studies with people, and they're like, man, every time we're going to these churches. It's like one thing after the other, Well, whether it's the new apostolic reformation or, mm. you know, charismania that goes with it or some other thing. They're just like, man, we're not finding any place where we can just read the Bible and people are teaching, you know, Scripture, teaching from Scripture. I mean, you're just signs and wonders and all this nonsense. And they're like, man, we just want to be able to share the, share the truth and, and sit there under some teaching that's sharing the truth. So that's basically what happened, and so that's what we've been doing is hopefully discipling and either sending out or building up from within um, elders and pastors and teachers in those areas. Oh, brother, that is so good to hear. Uh, God bless you guys. for. I mean, that's our heartbeat as well. Um, just, you know, making disciples, sharing the gospel, but also equipping the saints for ministries. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really just are struggling under, I'll try to put it, in a, in a mild way, uh, pastors that are not exactly teaching sound doctrine or are not committed to the whole counsel of God. And we're seeing that. You get emails, I'm sure. We get emails. Uh, how can we find a good church in our area? Do you know of a way? And it's really kind of heartbreaking because this was never the way, obviously, it was intended to be. If you read Paul's letters, you know, if you read Revelation 2 and 3 and others, you know, it, but here's the state of the church today. You're Just your thoughts on that, Chad. No, I, I couldn't agree more, and I'm sure, it, same as you, uh, with us, that is the most common email we get, you know, uh, that is, hey, I live in such and such area, do you know of a church in this area? And, you know, we, we do, we're blessed because we've done conferences, we've we've worked with other pastors and so forth, so I always tell people there are plenty of people all over the country that really do love Jesus, and there are plenty of faithful pastors. And there are some peripheral issues that we're going to disagree with, Mm -hmm. but if you see that a man is a faithful lover of Jesus, and he is watching his life and his doctrine and doing so, saving himself and those who hear him, then you can can have fellowship in that area. But it is such, it it is such a heartbreaking thing when you, and I've gone with people, and they will, will go and visit, will go and share, I'll go and teach at their at their home, 
and they'll drive us through the town and say, here's this church, here's this church, here's this church, and here's who they're connected to. And it's like, oh, man, these guys network. It's really sad how well mm. heretics network. I mean, I, I know that sounds <laughs> kind of funny to say, but no, really. I, you know, I'm brokenhearted, but it's a reality. No, they, they know how to. Yeah, they, well, it's in a way, it's making disciples, but not for Jesus and the biblical worldview, right? <laughs> hey, man, no, you couldn't be more right. They are making disciples. That's yeah, true. yeah. Uh, the left is really good at that in, in America. But anyway, um, I can relate to that. I generally have in recent years um have gone down um this is this year being the exception um to preach across the border in Illinois at Calvary Chapel Lake Villa and it's not a big town and it's not it's about an i guess an hour from Chicago maybe a little less but as i'm driving just from just into the town within about a mile or two in the turns i have to take to get to the church there's almost a church on every block or every corner of different denominations. I'm going, wow. And so I think, well, what a religious area, you know, be, you know, and, and re- religious not in a good sense because there are a lot of churches. And I'm sure you see that out where you are in Southern California as well, right? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. And, and I'll say this. We, ha- we have such an interesting town that we live in in Simi Valley, California, because we are a kind of a beacon of hope here, and I do believe I, I've I've been involved in the local pastors' prayer meeting uh, now for about nine years, and we do have some awesome pastors that love Jesus mm. and absolutely are faithful to to the Word of God. And God. there are also those that you drive by, and you know, Pastor Joe and myself have gone to the cops and clergy. And, you know, the local Unitarian church or whatever it may be with their gay flag, you know, flapping yep. in the wind. Yep. <laughs> and, and you get to meet those guys too. Mm. And it's sad how bold they are. And I remember one time specifically, one of them stood up, you know, well, you know, and they have a, they're bragging because an agnostic teaches their Sunday school. And, I'm like, you just gotta be joking me. But, um, he said, you know, and we believe God has many paths. Uh, to reach him, and that's why we, we do this. So uh, Pastor Joe stood up right after him. Of course, it was our turn to introduce, and he said, oh, and we believe that Jesus is the only way uh, to get to heaven, <laughs> and he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him, so you must come through Jesus. And I'm Joe Schimmel. Goodbye. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, praise God, because I'm like, we can't let that stuff, we need to speak to that, especially when you got people around there, non-believers, and you hear this nonsense. It's like, no, we need to speak the truth of what Scripture says. Okay, we weren't going to go here, Chad Davidson, but you brought up um, the rainbow flag flapping outside of some churches, and I want to get your take on this recent, this guy. Um, you know, there's, if I think of the spirit of Antichrist, I think of how uh, John writes in 1 John 4, there is a spirit of God, and then there is the unholy spirit, the Antichrist. And so there is a demonic influence in what we're seeing today in our culture, calling evil good, but even in the church. And I just had a little thing we did over at Freedom Project on this last week. A woke pastor out there in San Diego was preaching, and he says, drag is holy. And Jesus is, quote, God in drag. And I know you, I'm sure you heard about this. You probably talked about it on a show, but I want to get your take on this. This is, you, you're right. Some of them are pretty bold and pretty proud about what they are, quote, teaching and preaching. 
No, you're, you're exactly right. And that's the word they use, right? Uh, pride. And, and you know, in, in fact, I think when we look at, you know, gay pride and all of this, the main problem with it is the pride part. Mm, <laughs> that's yeah. the, main, the main issue. They're proud about their sin. Mm-hmm. And I, I did hear uh, about that, you know, you know, that blind man leading other blind people into a ditch. And mm. it was heartbreaking to hear that kind of language. But but this bombastic, you know, ridiculous sort of analogy that he was trying to use, uh, you know, it is it is heartbreaking because it just gives so much, I guess you would say, rocks to throw from the crowd when it comes to those that may be more liberal leaning. And it's one of the more it's it's one of the saddest things, you know, we, we're in more of a conservative town here, as I mentioned, because we have a number of really good faithful churches, but meeting kids, and I, and I coached wrestling now for 16 years in the, uh, in the public school realm, and, you know, coaching wrestling, you, you know, especially at the public school system, you talk to kids, and there were different leanings for a lot of years, and now it's so bad, and sadly, so many parents are sending their children off to school and when they send them off to school, they're basically sending them to Rome and expecting them not yeah. to come back as Romans, Amen. as it is a four, five, six-year attack, depending on how bad you are at school, <laughs> attack, you know, if you're taking too many, you know, bong hits or whatever it may be. It is a six-year attack or a four-year attack on your Christian faith. I mean, ultimately, that's what it is, because yeah. the Bible says, and it's very clear in Ephesians 2.2, 2, the prince of the power of the air, that Satan works through the sons of disobedience. I, You know, you're paying them money to have an authority, and they're going to tell you how your parents might have been wrong and so forth. And so they're also their roommates, the people in their dormitories. They don't love Christ. They love getting drunk and sleeping around. And the truth is, is they're going to go out and do that. And guess what? They're going to tell you how you're not accepting and and so forth if you have the, a real Christian faith yeah. that truly believes in the Bible. And then you could always find some liberal teacher, and you could always find some, quote-unquote, oh, well, this Christian believes something like this. Jesus was trans, too. And you hear those sorts of statements, and then people gleam, you know, just pawn over those people. In fact, as you you had mentioned, First John, the spirit of Antichrist, we know the Antichrists are coming, but many Antichrists are in the world, and we see that, like you said, coming into the church. That's the danger, right? We need to clean our house up first. When you see these people that are claiming to be Christians and are throwing out Scripture to acquiesce to whatever the culture says, it's it's time to stand up and say, no, 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 we're, we're not going to put up with this, and this is ridiculous. And I think also it starts in the home, the discipleship in the home, to say, son, daughter, I have four, like you mentioned, I have four kids, and I have a son that's ten, I have a son that's eight, and we talk about these very things. When, mm-hmm. when a pastor comes up, and makes a statement like that. Yeah. I've sa- I sit through with my children and say, why do you think this is wrong? And explain to them logically and biblically why these things are inaccurate. And I think it's really important for us to sit down and have that discipleship so that if your children are sent out, because they're eventually going to go in the workplace, you've got to hope that they're like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they can stand up even learning all the things that the Babylonians were teaching and still say, no, no, no. Even if I'm, uh, I stand alone, I stand with Christ, so I'm not alone. And, and ultimately, that home discipleship, explaining and not making them so ignorant that when arguments come, they've never heard them before, but actually expressing to them why they're wrong. Mm, brother, right on and amen. Um, before we go on to some of these others, and last Friday I said we were going to talk in part today about Lonnie Frisbee and the false prophet of the Jesus Revolution. 
and uh, Mike Todd over at Transformation Church and even uh, a leftist Hollywood actor exposing Hollywood's anti-Christian agenda. But before we do that, I want to go to the scripture briefly. And I wasn't planning on doing this, but I think we need to give Christians understanding on how they are ripping verses out of context. And in Luke 13, starting verse 34, uh, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who sent, who sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together, just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not have it. Behold, your house is left to you desolate, and I say you, to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, Chad Davidson, let's go back to those words that this San Diego pastor used out of context to justify dragon, said that God compared himself to a mother hen. And so this guy's saying God is a female. He identified as a female. Jesus did no such thing. He used an analogy. He said, how often I, Jesus, God in the flesh, wanted to gather your children together just as... Comparing himself just as a hen gathers hers under her wings. So I just briefly share your thoughts on that, Chad, because this is what one of the things this guy tried to use. No, no, this and this is one of the more ridiculous ones you could, especially because <laughs> you already you already exposed exactly the the false understanding there. He's comparing. I am like this, but I want to do something just as mm-hmm. a hen does her chicks or her brood in this. Um, in, in, in Matthew, I believe it says chicks. But when you look at it as well, you would also have to say that Jesus is a door, that Jesus is water, that yeah. Jesus is a light. I mean, over and over again, it's just such a ridiculous statement, but this goes back to them adulterating the Word of God and trying to twist it under what they believe and it's the warning that Peter gives about the Scriptures and includes Paul's writing in the Scriptures that some things can be hard to understand. I don't believe this is, but some things can actually be hard to understand, and people mm-hmm. will twist them for their own destruction. Yep. Okay, we've got uh, eight more minutes left before we take our break. And uh, there are some professional sports players who are willing to take the hits and stand up for truth. Some of them are Christians. Some of them... And in this case, uh, Sharks uh, goalie, San Jose Sharks hockey team. Um, uh, what is his name? Reimer, Reimer. He doesn't want to w- wear James the... James Reimer, yeah. James Reimer, yep. Uh, he didn't want to put on the team's pride jersey for pride night. And there have been a handful of players, unfortunately. That's the, the professional sports league. It is just entertainment. Sports are entertainment. And there are some Christian players on every team, probably, but very few stand up. Your thoughts on this? Um, and I'm I'm just thankful that there are some that are doing this, Chad. No, I, I'm actually really excited when when guys stand up because there is a lot of pressure yep. on them. And yep. it was so interesting because when James Reimer did stand up and say, "I'm not going to do it," and uh, Ivan Provarov of the Philadelphia Flyers, he's a, he's a defenseman, he did it as well. Yep. But I did like James's statement a little bit better, and and the reason why is because of their backgrounds. Uh, Ivan Provarov basically said, "It's against my religion. I'm Russian Orthodox." Where when it came to James Reimer, what I loved was that he said it was the Bible is what he he bases his entire life of. Oh, amen. And so I said, well, that is that is the correct answer. It's because the Bible is against the pride of any sin, let alone 
the pride of homosexual sin, sin against your own body, uh, sin of depravity, of, according to Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a beautiful thing to see him stand up and say that. And I always like to see, let's see the reaction of mm. the world. Let's see what, what are they saying. And I actually listened to a couple of Canadian, a Canadian outlet uh, called Breakfast Television, and a woman named Dawn Shabai, I believe her name is, and she, it was so interesting because this is what, what happens to people. It's not that big a deal. You're just wearing it for 20 minutes. It's not that big a deal. Just, just put it on. It's not that big a deal. And I love studying church history. I love studying the early church, specifically the anti-Nicene church, you know, prior to 325. Mm-hmm. And they were hearing that too. Uh, they were hearing it, but to the point of death, right? They were hearing, it's not that big a deal. Just say Caesar is Yahweh. It's not that big a deal. And then your family can eat, and then you can eat, and you won't be put to death. Just say Caesar is Yahweh. Just acquiesce. Just give in a little bit. And that whole, you know, all those crazy Christians that have been warning about slippery slopes for a very long time, yep. I hope people are starting to realize with their drag queen story hour just how slippery the slope has gotten and just how much people have acquiesced Amen. and given in over and over again. And now, guess what? It's at the front door. Hmm. Well, I want to just quote James Reimer and part of his uh, what, what he shared um, I really appreciate this. Uh, for all 13 years of my career, I've been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. Stop. Chad, can you imagine if even, you know, 50% of Christians in America, true Christians would say this and believe this and live like this? We'd have, we'd have a different nation, but let's go on. He said, I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asks me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone, and I've always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, now this is when the NHL team, like the NBA and the NFL, they have their pride nights or whatever, and have the pride jerseys. He said, in this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based in the Bible, the highest authority in my life. Woo. Yeah, that's powerful, Chad. This is an NHL player. So I want to remind our listeners, and I'll let you uh, share your thoughts. Pray for the Christians, the true Bible-believing, living-out Christians in all these professional sports leagues and at the college level. Pray for their faith. Pray for accountability and the strength and community around them to support them. Chad, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I just love that. I, I and especially that that line. That is the the convictions which are based on the Bible, the highest authority mm, in my life. And yes. I and and I and I want more Christians to understand that and and to really be able to express that. That ultimately, Scripture is the authority. That is, it is the norm that norms all norms. Like that is where we say no. This is where we just cannot acquiesce. We cannot give in in this regard. And I do love that he said that mm. and. I thought it was so cool because, you know, I have a number of guys I've discipled over the years. You know, I have friends now that are trying to make it in the major leagues for baseball, friends who tried to make it in the major leagues for baseball. And also, as, as I've been a wrestling coach, it was so awesome. And I mentioned this on, on the same show I talked about, James Reimer, but a wrestler by the name of Aaron Brooks who just won his third national title. Okay, the fifth guy all time who has won four happened that same night. Uh, four national titles. That means all four years you wrestled in college, you won it. And this guy, Aaron Brooks, has already won three, and he has one more to go. 
And when he won the national title on ESPN, he not only said that Jesus' resurrection, his life, death, burial, and resurrection, mentioned all of them Hmm. are the only reason for his life and his living and where he's at, but he also said no false prophets will get you there. And guys, this is like... The uh, six days before Ramadan started, and he literally said, "No false prophets, no Muhammad." Ooh. And NCAA wrestling on their Twitter page and on their Instagram page, they actually shared that interview, and they were forced to take it down after about a week. But over a million people, not just on Twitter and Instagram, but watching on ESPN Live, were told that Muhammad is a false prophet by a national champion wrestler. Mm, wow. Fantastic. I love hearing stuff like that. I know that stirs you up too, Chad. But I also think it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned Phil- uh, Philadelphia Flyers, uh, even uh, Provorov. He was the first one yeah, to, cite, yeah. He, uh, to cite his faith as the reason he would sit out a hockey or the, the pregame skate. And also, I wonder what TP, Tony Palacio, thinks about this. His, his jersey sold out f- 48 hours later. His jerseys, the sales went nuts. I wonder if uh, James Reimer's jersey is going to sell out. Um, but, Chad, we've just got a minute left, and I'm just going to tease what we're going to dive into when we come back from our break. And you've done a lot on this with you and Pastor Joe Schimmel. Uh, we're talking about Jesus Revolution. We, you, know, you talk about Jonathan Rumi and the Chosen. We'll have to talk a little bit about that. But the context will be this new um, great movie, Jesus Revolution movie, based on the true story of the actual revolution in Southern California and Calvary Chapel's Chuck Smith, and then how different people got involved in the mix and there had to be a divide and a split, and Lonnie Frisbee was part of that. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Also, Mike Todd from Transformation Church gives a license to sin regarding the trans movement in a church. More with Chad Davidson on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. Chad Davidson, Good Fight Ministries, 511 News, Good Fight Radio Show, and uh, pastor and elder at Blessed Hope Chapel Church, Simi Valley, California. Chad, you guys recently did a show on Lonnie Frisbee, and you dove into a lot of history, some actual quotes, some things that bring a lot of context to his character in the new movie, uh, Jesus Revolution, that's doing very well in theaters. So I would love to uh, have you walk us through this. We'll talk about this. Yeah, we we actually did uh, two parts. And um, just to give a little background, we are working on a documentary on the new Apostolic Reformation. Uh, and we're, we're going to be either we... We're working on a full documentary, but also we're going to be doing a number of episodes on it as well. And so Lonnie Frisbee has a lot of connections, whether it's with Catherine Coleman or, um, you know, the Vineyard Movement, the Toronto Blessing and some of these uh, things. So I don't want to give away too much there, but we were already, we already had uh, a number of things we were working on in terms of research. And, you know, when the Jesus Revolution movie came out, you know, there's a couple of thoughts that we were having. One, you know, I know that when I first came to the Lord, I got saved, as you said, after watching They Sold the Souls to Rock and Roll, and I would go to church at Blessed Oak Chapel, where Pastor Joe uh, is the pastor. But I would go with friends to college groups, and one of the things that we always said is always go to a Calvary chapel. Like that, There's always good, really good teaching at Calvary's. Um, they go verse by verse and, and so forth. And even the church that we're in right now at Blessed Oak Chapel, the building itself, 
um, it still has the Calvary Chapel dove in the tile um, <laughs> because it was the Calvary Chapel Simi Valley here under uh, Pastor Dave Guzik. Uh, he's, he was out in Santa Barbara last time I checked. But, but nonetheless, we, we have a, a love and a fondness, you know, guys like Raul Reese and, and so forth that um, I've, I've learned a great deal from and grown uh, from. So Calvary Chapel as a whole, we've always been uh, big fans of in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yes. So when we saw the Jesus Revolution movie coming out, we were like, oh, this is going to be pretty, pretty cool. This would be, this would be good. Um, and then when we went, we thought, oh, I wonder, it's going to be tough because, you know, Lonnie Frisbee is a very interesting character. <laughs> I mean, you know, Chuck Smith, even at his funeral, and I know that Lonnie's family was pretty upset, but Chuck Smith, even at his funeral, talked about how he would twist scripture. Wow. And it's sad because the, the audience was laughing, you know, and I'm not saying Chuck was perfect. I think he probably made some mistakes uh, with Lonnie and so forth and platformed a young man. In fact, Lonnie talked about and bragged about being a pastor at age 19. Uh, I think that we all would agree that that would go against First um, First Timothy chapter 3 of a young convert uh, being made a pastor. But it was a very interesting thing to see. Because even Greg Glory, because if you guys know the movie Jesus Revolution, it's more, uh, I guess it would be more of a love story of Greg and his wife. And, you know, it's actually a really well done movie. I mm-hmm. mean, it's got all the, you know, it's Lionsgate and all that stuff. So it's got a lot of money put to it. I was a little saddened that most of the music that you hear is a lot of the, you know, the, as the Bible calls it, the songs of fools. And it's, it's sad because it's great to have good memories and, and so forth, but I don't like having to hear songs that I used to listen to before I knew Christ and yeah. bringing back memories that are not biblical. Mm. But not, but nonetheless, there's a lot of really good, you know, scenes, and it does, you know, grab at your heartstrings and so forth. But you'll see Lonnie is an interesting character in the film, and it's somewhat ambiguous, you know, when it comes to Lonnie. And I even listened to Greg Glory talk about Lonnie Frisbee, and when he was asked um, by Ruslan on a show whether or not Lonnie was gay uh, or practiced, you know, homosexuality, Greg said he didn't know any of that. And I thought, that's really weird. He was very close to him. Right. And it was very well known. He was kicked out of Vineyard for that reason. Um, So this is later. uh, In later years when he went down, was part of the Vineyard, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, with with John Wimber and and so forth. And it was was really interesting because... Even Connie Frisbee, you know, and, you know, we had, we played the clip of her saying it, that in the, at the end of their relationship, that Lonnie was still frequenting gay bars, and that's what really broke up their marriage, was she, he wasn't coming home until 2.30, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, and when she asked him where he was, he was frequenting gay bars, and this was while he was still, you know, involved in different movements and so forth, whether it's the shepherding movement or otherwise, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, he repented of these things. You know, he turned away from them. But the problem was, is a lot of times during his ministry, in fact, he would talk about, not only would he call people that he ran with, and I I think he would include Chuck in that statement, but call them bozos from the pulpit. Hmm. Um, wow. But also, he would talk about how he was using cocaine. And if you guys remember, the, the movie is taking place 1969 and so forth, right around that time, because yeah. the, you know, the moon landing happens in it and stuff. Uh, cocaine was not a big drug in the United States in the 1960s and 70s. It didn't come off until the 80s. And even while he's sitting there talking about this, he's he's literally, yeah, I used to use cocaine and, and so forth. And guess what? Lonnie was talking about a time where he was supposedly sharing the gospel. And in the clip, 
you can actually, uh, in our video that we did on Lonnie being a false prophet himself, not the entire movement, there's a ton of wonderful believers who came out of the Jesus Revolution and, yes. and absolutely love Jesus, but Judy Meston, who was a high school friend of Lonnie, said that he would drop LSD with everyone else, draw pictures of Jesus, and then go baptize people high as a kite. I mean, guys, this is, the Bible says to be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and people were being devoured by these drugs, mm, and you know, I don't know if he ever really got away from them, and there, there was a deathbed confession. There was. So I do pray that that was okay. sincere, yeah. and that he really <clears throat> did repent of so many of the things that he was involved in. He thought he was a mystic. He said Protestants, you know, Christians don't understand, but the Catholic mystics do, that he's a seeing prophet. He was involved with Catherine Coleman, who, I mean, she, to me, is an arch heretic, uh, false prophetess. He prayed for her mantle. Uh, this is this is lingo that you'll hear if you listen to guys like Chris Vallotton from Bethel, who said that he prayed for the mantle of of heretic William Branham, who said the Trinity as of the devil. And you have Lonnie Frisbee slaying people in the spirit, very similar to what you see when Benny Hinn would do it with his jacket and so forth. Jeez. And guess what? Benny Hinn wrote an entire book on Catherine Coleman. And and guess what? A lot of people are like, oh, Lonnie, you know, he probably dedicated his book to Chuck Smith. And No, he dedicated his autobiography to Catherine Coleman, okay, who was an absolute heretic. I mean, it's it's no joke, and, and there's a lot of flies in the ointment that Lonnie was touching, and praise God, mm. I believe that because Chuck Smith did teach verse by verse, and so many Calvaries taught verse by verse, that the fruit that bore out of it became real because the Word of God is the imperishable seed that was planted on hearts that yes. really did give root. But Lonnie himself, and sadly enough, I, I you know, Dave, it's, it's a hard thing because a lot of people have a tough time with these things and, yeah. and bringing out the truth on this. Why wouldn't, well, you know, everyone's a flawed <clears throat> man. And sadly, instead of just saying, hey, we still need to call out sin and say these things are wrong, a lot of people are just pushing to the side and, oh, well, we all sin. I'm like, I don't think we all are in adulterous relationships where we're sleeping around and going to gay bars and everyone's dropping acid while they're baptizing people, that's not the fruit of a true prophet of God. In fact, because Matthew chapter 7 gives us clear indications of true and false prophets. And and when it starts on 15 and goes all the way to 23, when it gets to 23, he warns that many will come to me on that day day saying, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. Not because they didn't prophesy in his name, not because they didn't do miracles. They did all those things. But guess what? They didn't do the will of the Father. They didn't actually follow his commands. Mm-hmm. So that's what concerns me. And when it comes to, to Lonnie, I do hope, uh, I don't pray, but I do hope, because uh, the Bible does say love all hopes all things, that that deathbed could, uh, you know, confession and conversion, because they talk about the roots of bitterness he had towards people and so forth, I do pray that, or I do hope that that was legitimate. Yeah. But in terms of his the actual walking that he did, those things seem... Um, pretty bizarre, especially when you start getting in some of the vineyard connections and so forth. But yeah, I, I just I, I know I want to share my heart because so many people I know it hurts to talk about these things, but it, it's it's true and it is painful, but it's a reality and it's something where we need to mark and mm-hmm. look and avoid and and honestly be be honest about a conversation around, regarding these things. Yeah, that's biblical, bro. A mark and avoid. And I was very fortunate out when we lived out in Southern California. Um, we attended two different Calvary chapels and, you know, I, generally they are completely 
sound in doctrine. Now, you can't say that for every single church, but generally it's a good uh, good place to get your foundation. But I want to go back to this character, Lonnie Frisbee, in the movie Jesus Revolution. He was played by the Chosen's Jonathan Rumi, who went to the grave of Lonnie Frisbee and prayed to him, told him that he wanted to make him proud or whatever, um, just share your concerns about that. This was very disturbing to hear. Oh, man. When I heard that clip, I, I was watching a number of interviews getting ready for our, our documentary. And when I heard that clip, I was, I mean, I was cut to the quick. I mean, it was like, whoa, this guy mm-hmm. is getting into straight witchcraft. And he is a, a Catholic mystic. He is the same guy playing Jesus on the Chosen, yes. and Jonathan Rumi, as you mentioned, not only did he go to the gravesite, which, by the way, is at the Crystal Cathedral, um, which oh, is, gosh. you know, uh, that's a whole other thing yeah. to get into, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not only did he go to the grave, not only did he sit at the grave, but he says in an interview that he laid down, praying the rosary, of course, he laid mm-hmm. down to get closer to his body. That's, he laid down to feel a connection, like laid on top of where Lonnie Frisbee's bones are yeah. to feel a connection, to pray to him. Mm-hmm. And then he said he got a miraculous sign that bells were coming out, the doors flew open of the Christ Cathedral and so forth. That's the new name of it, by the way. It was the Crystal Cathedral. Now it's the Christ Cathedral. I believe it's Catholic now, but either way. And... And he sat there doing mysticism, not only mystic, this is necromancy, this is, man, this is conjuring up, you know, Saul conjuring up Samuel. I mean, this is sick stuff, mm-hmm. and this was what he believed he did in order to know to fulfill the role, and like you said, to honor Lonnie Frisbee. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, this stuff, it's no joke. And so I, I know for me, I know you're the same way, when I see these kinds of, like, witchcraft and so forth going into it, it's the same reason I don't listen to, you know, a lot of the secular music, where, especially when I know, I don't listen to any secular music, but in, in terms of specific ones, like, I, you know, make sure that stuff's, I'll walk out of a store sometimes, because I'm like, man, I've researched these guys, and you find out they're practicing witchcraft in order to get some of the lyrics and so forth, or even, you know, I just wrote it down and did automatic writing. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. So when I heard that, I had already seen the Jesus Revolution, and all honesty... I don't want to watch anything Johnny, Jonathan Rumi's at, knowing that he's practicing necromancy and and conjuring up spirits in order to go out and perform these roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, very concerning, and and not just the fact that he did that and, and even admitted it in an interview and shared, but the power of influence. This man, young man, Jonathan Rumi, has millions of fans and followers, particularly due to The Chosen. And he, we've seen pictures of him in front of the body of Padre Pio and, and others, and and just really emulating, um, praying to saints, and and really what we would call idolatry. But I also want you to speak quickly because we don't have a lot of time, Chad. Already, um, they're promoting the number one Catholic meditation app and contemplative prayer and stuff like that on the Hollow app, H-A-L-L-O-W. I'm talking about Dallas Jenkins, too, I believe. They're doing commercials for this app. Share your thoughts. Yes, they are. And and Jonathan Rumi is a huge for for the Hollow app, not only him. They're just getting a ton of celebrities. Mark Wahlberg 
uh, as as well. John, uh, Jim Caviezel, who played in the um, played Jesus in yep. the Passion of Christ. And they, this thing, I mean, it's hard to click on any video on YouTube and not get some sort of ad for this. <laughs> and yeah, no, they're pushing all this stuff. It's it, Catholic based. And, and guys, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a Catholic listening to this. I can't call you a brother if you understand the doctrines of Catholicism. Um, I, it, it, at all, um, you know, and it's, it's a heartbreaking thing. And to see it continuously pushed. And like you said, even, even, uh, you know, Dallas Jenkins there, it's like, not only that, he claimed, Dallas Jenkins from The Chosen claims that that Mormons are our brothers in Christ, and he said he'll fight for that. Yeah. that, that he's going to die on that hill, he said, that Mormons are our brothers in Christ. I mean, the ecumenism happening, and it's such a it's such a scary thing. We've talked about Bethel, we've mm-hmm. talked about, I've even talked about Kenneth Copeland. Guess what? <clears throat> Bethel meeting with the Pope, uh, calling him a Christian as well. Catherine Coleman, who we talked about, who discipled Lonnie Frisbee, uh, she actually said her and the Pope are one. I mean, uh, the Pope spoke with Kenneth Copeland through a translator. I mean, this stuff is happening. The ecumenism is happening, and I really do believe a lot of it has an, an end times understanding to what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so much. Thank you. Uh, we don't need to belabor the point on their promotion of this uh, Catholic meditation app. But let's uh, quickly, Chad, I mean, we're down to seven minutes. Um, okay, to decide here. Let, let's talk about Mike Todd. I I wasn't familiar with him. He's a pastor at Transformation Church in Tulsa. And you would think, one would think, Oklahoma, a uh, pretty conservative state. But uh, what what the heck did he do and say? Oh man, Mike Todd has said a lot, but uh, <laughs> but but I'll tell you this. You, you know what? I've listened to a number of his teachings now because I, you know, I hate when people. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've seen a lot of videos on people where they talk about a pastor or something he said, and they'll watch it, but they don't know anything else about him. And so I always try to do my due diligence. And so now I've, I have. Uh, before I did record on it, I, I watched a number of his teachings, and to be honest, they are quite convoluted. They, he does speak more like a politician. He does cover his bases really mm. well. He speaks with a forked tongue, okay. and this is very common yep. for him. So even when he was talking about it, and I obviously believe he was probably saying it in jest, but he was basically saying that LGBTQ are all welcome at his church, which that's fine. They're welcome to hear the gospel, but I'm letting you know, like, if you're coming to the church uh, and you're practicing like this, guys, a little leaven raises the whole loaf. So yep. if you're patting them on the back, and saying, come on in, we're going to stand next to you, we'll stand by you, which is exactly what Mike Todd said, that is entirely different, because that's in what 1 Corinthians 5 talks about, where it says you're eating and drinking with them while they're engaged in these immoralities, and basically you're patting them on the back, telling them they're good when they're going to go to hell. So that's the big danger. Calling someone to repentance and saying anyone can come in, but they're going to hear the gospel, and guess what? If the gospel is preached, it's an ultimatum. You're either going to turn to it yeah. or turn from it. That's it. Uh, it's not a request. And so I, I'm listening to him and him saying that Transformation Church, trans is in the name. You're welcome here. <laughs> and when I kept listening to his teaching, wow. if that was the only bad thing, that'd be a huge problem. That'd be a mark and a void. But he also talks about in his teachings that it is okay, and I hate using this language, it's gross, it's okay, and it's in the context of being mad at your wife and going over and talking to another woman at your job 
And he said, it's okay to be horny. It's okay, okay oh to have goodness. the thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Literally, exactly, precisely, against what Jesus taught, hmm. that if you look at a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. He says, that's okay to do. And I'm like, is this guy, what is, what is going on with this guy? How could he say these sorts of things and continue to just talk this way mm. and people listen and find it funny and, and think, you know, oh, you know, he's got a giant, a giant production team and it's heartbreaking <laughs> because he's teaching people that they can live however they want. In yep. fact, he does teach that, that you you can't tell people they're not your brother and sister funny we're talking about Lonnie Frisbee if they're going into the gay bar you can't say they're not your brother and sister no joke that's what he says those are his words and it's heartbreaking and it's sad because these are the charlatans these are those ones that the Bible says that people will not be able to endorse sound doctrine and they'll keep for themselves those who will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear and Mike Todd is just another one sadly to mark and avoid, and yep. the dangerous antinomian without law, not actually teaching that we are under the law of Christ, and we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, and we practice righteousness because we are righteous, and we do not practice sin because the sin is of the devil, as First John 3 says. Mm, amen, brother. Uh, there's so many warnings in Scripture about certain persons creeping in unnoticed, and uh, another trans, another or a letter in uh, I think it was one of the John's letters talks about they were not they were among us but they were not of us. Um, anyway, Jesus yep. didn't meet with sinners uh, or have dinner with sinners to endorse their behavior. Uh, some okay. people say that yeah well Jesus even Jesus you know hung out with they use that dialogue it's absolutely wrong it's not biblical it's not contextual he didn't hang out with it going to a dinner and ha- meeting with people to share the gospel or to, or to urge them to repentance he said once go and sin no more he acknowledged sin and said and did not judge that but he said go and sin no more um chad we have very little time left and i really wanted to talk briefly about what's happening in Hollywood, and we're going to have to do this on another podcast, talk about the history. You, you guys dig deep on this. The history of Satan worship at the Grammys, practically at many awards shows, but also at Super Bowl halftime shows. We, You've done a lot of work on that. People can go to 511 News or the Good Fight Radio uh, show. But let's talk about Rain Wilson recently. This is a, a recent series. He's an actor. He was on The Office uh, and other movies, but he exposed Hollywood's anti-Christian agenda, stating the obvious, but saying, "Hey guys, come on, can you can you be a little bit more subtle in attacking Christians?" Just uh, what's that about? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And uh, to be honest, years ago, I, I been years since I, I watched the show, but I actually used to watch The Office a number of years ago, um, even before I, before I was saved. And I'm not saying you're not saved if you watch The Office or anything, but <laughs> I'm just saying it was before I was saved. Mm-hmm. And I always found it interesting that they made Angela, the, the character in The Office, they made her a Christian, yep. but yet she is the rudest person on yep. the show. She's the meanest person Most on judgmental. the show. She, judgmental. Yeah. And guess what? She is engaged to a guy named Andy in The Office, and Rain Wilson's character, Dwight, she's sleeping with him at The Office. So she's a hypocrite, too. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, of course, but who's the nice, really smart guy who knows all the answers? That's the gay guy, Carlos. But yep. either way, you know, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But this is what Rain Wilson actually said about the show uh, Last of Us on HBO. Now, Last of Us was a video game they turned into a show. Okay. And here's what he said. I do think there is an anti-Christian bias in Hollywood. Okay, yeah, yeah, Rain, we would agree. As soon as the David character in The Last of Us started reading from the Bible, I knew that he was going to be a horrific villain. Could there be a Bible-reading preacher on a show who is actually loving and kind? Now, Rain eventually followed up with that. He said, hey, I'm not even a Christian. He said, you know, he obviously wants an all-inclusive person. But he did say, hey, why, why is there not at least some you know, Christians that are loving on shows. He's like, I, I know Christians that are very loving. Now he says accepting. So I'm hoping he knows some Christians that are accepting that they actually love people and not accepting of sin. But nonetheless, yeah, yeah. that's what he stated. And in The Last of Us, there's a character in the video game that is a cannibal. And so David is just a cannibal. There's nothing to do with pastoring or anything like that. But then when they turn the video game into a show on HBO, guess what? David the Cannibal is now David the Preacher, who is also a cannibal. Oh, <laughs> so he's this horrible character once again. Uh, you know, he was a teacher, becomes a preacher, uh, supposedly. Uh, and, and, and it's just, this is exactly what they do. And you mentioned the Grammys yeah. and, and the halftime show and stuff. And for those who like football and everything, I'm sure you've noticed uh, that most of the time you got to turn off. I think every time you got to turn off the halftime show. Uh, and we've been doing different exposés. In fact, that's how I started working at Good Five Ministries all back in 2012. Was after the Beyonce Sasha the Super Bowl and Satan, which was a video that Good Five Ministries put out. Mm. And it yeah, was that went viral, by the way. No yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely it went it went crazy viral yeah. and. We, we try to do at least one video every single year on whatever Super Bowl performance because they always choose people that are, you know, pretty grotesque. And it was kind of interesting this year because it was an onslaught uh, when it comes to the world, whether it was the halftime show with Rihanna and or when you had the Grammys as well with Sam Smith and his performance, yes. I mean, just openly yeah. vile and satanic mm -hmm. uh, performance, and you had these things going on, and it's like, hey, at least for us, we did a whole thing on the history of of Satan worship at the Grammys, because from Madonna and others, it's been passed down over and over, which, you know, they're of the father, they're of their father, the devil, and I do expect yes. it, but when we no longer blush at sin mm. and we no longer think it's any big deal. And guys, this is the big thing. I came to Christ through they sold their souls for rock and roll. There, when you are in the world, you think it's no big deal. But when somebody can show you this is wicked, this is horrible, but it's not just let's complain and yell at the clouds. It's this is horrible, but there's an answer. And the answer is in Jesus Christ and all these wicked things mm. and all these uh, prevalent, you know, false doctrines and prevalent false teachings and prevalent Satan worship and all of this stuff. It's all because there's an end goal, yes. but ultimately we have the answer and it's in Jesus Christ and he's coming back for Amen. us. And when you see that and when you can share that with people, it's not just complaining about how terrible the world is. It's yes, the world's terrible. We have the answer, and that's what we try to do. Amen. God bless you, brother. To be continued the next time we have you on. Chad Davidson, Good Fight Ministry. Say hi to Joe. Blessings, bro. 
God bless you, brother. Love All you. right. Love you, too. Um, tomorrow, guys, Alex Newman of The New American and The Newman Report. We'll talk about education. We'll talk about the World Economic Forum and other issues affecting America, government, and schools. Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs, Wednesday. Dr. Andy Woods, Thursday. Scott Shera in studio Friday. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.